The Athletic. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast is proudly partnered with Now. With a Now Sports membership, you can watch the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live. Find out more at nowtv.com. They've had their warning. They've had their warning. Here's Lucy Bryans. That is remarkable from Arsenal. Hello and welcome to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast in partnership with Now. Coming up, blue skies in Manchester. Chelsea in seventh heaven. And Russia banned from football. It's Lindsay Hooper here, joined by Kate Borsay and former Everton manager Willie Kirk. I noticed that they gave me the line here, blue skies in Manchester, because I've been experiencing blue skies in Mauritius. Less about that. (laughs) I know it was getting on everyone's nerves whilst I was away. Uh, Instead, we will build up to the Continental League Cup final on Saturday, where we've got some really exciting interviews coming up later in the podcast. Penilla Harder and Ellen White are coming up, so stay tuned for those. First, though, let's introduce today's guest Willie Kirk. Willie last time we spoke to you you'd started your UEFA Pro license how is it going? Yeah it's going really well it's uh it's really intense really challenging but but you know very enjoyable uh so module one's complete and I've been working my way through the module two tasks uh which again you know going to Liverpool Inter Milan in a couple of weeks it's hardly uh it's hard, I should hardly class it as hard work, but that's the, that's the game that I've got. Uh, that's the game that I've got to analyse. So, uh, yeah, so it's, there's there's so many different facets to it. I'm, I'm doing a case study on England netball team, and yeah, it's, oh, it's wow. fantastic. It's it's going really well. So, are you the most well known person there, Willie, or are there other uh, famous former names? I would imagine Wayne Rooney will probably get that <laughs> above me. Uh, I'd imagine actually Cole will probably get that above me. <laughs> And Kieran Dyer and Jonathan Woodgate. Get that telephone address book out, Willie. Time to note down <laughs> yeah. a few numbers. You never know. Um, listen, it's great to hear how you've been getting on. And I'm sure there are opportunities in the future as well. It'll just be interesting to see. I'm sure you've been approached already for stuff, but it'll be interesting to see what the next move is for you. Well, talking of star names, uh, England's Lionesses won the Arnold Clark Cup, beating Germany in their final game. It was right to the death, wasn't it, really, this one, Willie? We didn't know whether it was going to go to England or not, but a really good performance from the Lionesses and something to build on as well ahead of the Euros. Yeah, without a doubt. And I was at the the Germany game, so it it was great to see. I think it was a tournament that Serena needed in terms of the level of opposition to prepare for the Euros. And I think she got exactly out of it what, what she was hoping for. Uh, she used, you know, the majority of the squad and tried different different formations and changed in-game. Obviously, we, we, we've seen Millie Bright pop up in the centre-forward role. And uh, <laughs> I think I think that gives the squad confidence to know yeah, that love, can love that ways. tactical change. Yeah, that was fantastic. So it was exactly what England needed, I think, to prepare for the Euros. Well, listen, after the haze of glory lifted from the Lionesses, time to get back to domestic matters and the FA Cup fifth round. 16 teams fighting for a place in the quarterfinals. Let's see how they got on. Arsenal with a set-piece routine. Which doesn't come on. Or does it? Oh, my! What an absolute... 
magnificent strike from Katie McCabe. One of the best goals you will see all season. Oh, and that's a, a short pass back. It's White and City lead. Ingle looking for Penilla Harder. It's still harder, expertly done. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 4. This is where we start. No need to get out the paint cans. Two weeks on from the last derby, Manchester remains blue. United did dominate the first half, uh, led at the break, thanks to a corner from Katie Zellum that sells straight in at the back post. But three goals in 10 minutes from City's Lauren Hemp, Ellen White and Caroline Weir put the Sky Blues ahead and Khadija Short capped off that victory 4-1 at Lee Sports Village. What did you make of this game, Willie? I know that you were there. Uh, Manchester United did that thing where they started really well, but are you finding that they're starting to tail off in matches? And was this one of those? It's happened a number of times. You know, I first noticed that I think they played again against Everton where the first 15 minutes they were fantastic. And then they just dropped off the game completely. It now looks as if they've, they've taken it to about a 45-minute period. I, I I do think as much as they were very good in the first half, there were some telltale signs that the game was not over because Man City got some joy down City's right, United's left in the first half and I just thought City were a little bit careless in the final third and could have and probably should have caused more problems than they did. So there were, there were some warning signs there for United and you know, City just came out of the blocks in the in the second half, the double sub from Razo and you know we have made a big a big difference, but they, they were they were exceptional in that first twenty minutes of the second half. Yeah, there were some United errors that led to City's goals, but you're you're absolutely right about Hayley Rasso and Caroline Weir coming on, and Gareth Taylor said afterwards to inject some pace, and that was the option he had. And I think what we're starting to see here from City is City in full flow. And when it didn't go quite their way in the first half, Gareth Taylor made those changes, have accused him this season of not always having a plan B, of not always being able to pivot his team according to the opposition or according to what they're facing. And he did that in the game, Gareth Taylor, and it just allowed City to completely obliterate United in the sort of period of 10 minutes, really. Is there an issue here then with confidence? Because they're not perhaps winning enough one-on-one battles. And when a team like City can come and, you know, score three goals within 10 minutes, that just seems to kill off United. And I just wonder whether it is a slight confidence issue. Yeah, I think I said before the game uh, that United needed to have a, a strong individual and collective belief to be able to win it. And I'm not sure if they're quite there yet. And it was a little bit like the challenge I had at Everton in terms of, really struggling in the games against the top three. You know, and the longer that goes, the harder it is to to find that belief. I certainly think the 1v1 battles, I do not know the reasons why physically they just seem to drop off the game in that second half. And then to lose three goals in 10 minutes again, at Everton, I experienced that where you, you would feel you were in the game and then there'd be a 10-minute period would go by and you'd concede two or three and that's when you need your individual leaders to really step up and pull the group together. I just don't know if United have got that yet. The more that I watch Lauren Hemp, Willie, 
the more that I'm convinced she's worthy of two players being on the pitch because of that ability to take players on. And she moves defenders out of the game. She opens up space. We've seen Caroline Weir thriving. And I I honestly think it stems from Lauren Hemp's movement. Is that how crucial she's been to this upsurge? I know we've had players coming back from injury for City, but really this season has been about her, hasn't it? Yeah, she's exceptional. She's only going to get better at 21-year-old. And... Uh... I really noticed that probably for the first time on on Sunday in terms of the way Lauren was attacking her full-back, she needed either the right-sided centre-back or one of the midfielders to cover the full-back, which, which then created more space for Caroline. Uh, yeah. And it was re- I thought it was really obvious on, maybe it's just Caroline had come on as sub, so you know, I was watching her a little bit more closely than normal to see what impact she had, and, and I noticed the space that she was getting was probably down to to learn, uh, occupying two players, and she, yeah, the girl, you know, she's not already classed as as a world superstar. She's going to be soon. She's as she's soon as fantastic. she nails her finishing, she's going to be absolutely world class, isn't she? She's just got that little bit of work I think needed, and that's totally understandable at the age of twenty one. But when she nails the finishing, I, I mean, we saw yeah. it for England as well. I think. Uh, I think the, the the really good thing for me was she missed a really big chance in the game two weeks ago at the back post. Yet she scored this week at the back post. So she's a player that will that will analyse herself, analyse her performance, and go work on things. So you know she might not have had time to work on it in the training pitch, but mentally she'll have worked on it. And and she just placed her finish on uh, on Sunday and. Maybe two weeks before it, which was actually an easier chance, she's ended up blasting it over the bar. So she is very conscious and uh, of what she has to improve on. So I'm sure she'll she'll work hard at it. <laughs> One final point for me. I mean, in terms of the league, United are still two points above City, but we're seeing City enter into this fifth gear as we get towards the end of the season, which is what makes this race for the Champions League spot, the race for the title, so much more exciting. But I wonder whether we saw a true representation of Manchester United and where they are in this game. There's still some distance between them and Arsenal, Chelsea and City as they are in their current form anyway. And I think that that's not all bad. United know where they sit. They're fourth in the WSL, six points off leaders, Chelsea, but they've got most of their difficult games out of the way in the league now. So when we throw it forward to what's happening in the WSL, they've not got the FA Cup to distract them. They can just concentrate on trying to nail that third Champions League place. They've got Leicester, Reading, West Ham, Everton, Brighton coming up. There's no reason why Man United can't fully, fully focus on that with some games where they can easily achieve results. Yeah, I think they've they've got a real a real chance for that that third Champions League spot, a real chance. And uh, as you say, the fixture list is kind to them just now. So it's in their own hands. And I think this year, more than any year, you don't necessarily need to beat the top three to finish in that third spot. Let's move on then to another FA Cup fifth round game. Chelsea took City's big win and raised them, showing them a warning light ahead of the Conti Cup final. It was a blistering 7-0 victory for the FA Cup holders over Leicester City. The Foxes' Sophie Howard was shown a straight red card in the 17th minute for a tackle on Jonna Anderson and... Uh, after that, the floodgates opened. Pinilla Harder scored two and set up three. Sam Kerr also scored a brace uh, with Jisha Young, Anik Nuvan and Beth England rounding off the home victory. Such convincing stuff from Chelsea, this one, Willie. We'll move on to them in just a minute. But I think there is 
quite a bit of confusion and contention over Sophie Howard's red card. Was it the right call for you? I had to replay it a few times myself to try and work out what I thought. What did you think? You know, I watched it 10 times this morning uh, and I, I don't think it's a red card. I didn't think it was a red card at the time, but it's one of those challenges. You know, it was done at pace. It all happened really quickly and I can possibly see why the referee gave it to start with. But yeah, it's for me, it's definitely not a red card. It was a, it was a hard but fair challenge and Lester yeah. probably feel a little bit hard done by. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that it was a bit harsh. The problem with this, and I think if you put yourself in the referee's position, it changes the game completely, doesn't it? I'm, I have no doubt that Chelsea would have gone on to win this, but would they have won it 7-0? I, th- I think it made it a real uphill, leggy battle for Leicester going into it. And I think the bigger concern here is it won't have surprised Lydia Bedford that her team were going to go down to Chelsea. But I, th- I suppose it's the impact of a 7-0 victory and what that could have. Do you think it will have any crossover into going into the next WSL matches, Willie? Because they've been doing so well there to get themselves out of trouble. No, I don't think so. I think I think they've picked up a lot of confidence from the recent running matches before the international break. And no, I, I don't think that Chelsea result will have a huge impact on the rest of their season. In terms of the second half, Nuvan getting her first goal for Chelsea, G at her first of the season, and Bethany England's back as well. So, you know, again, things combining to make this title race really interesting as we head towards the end of the season, Willie. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, the league's split a number of different mini leagues. And you've got that top two who are, without a doubt, fighting amongst themselves to win it. And then you've obviously got the, the, the Champions League spots. But yeah, Arsenal and Chelsea from now to end of the season will be a fascinating uh, battle. Can I get your opinion, Willie, on Lauren James and the handling of that situation? Because she hasn't been uh, a fixture for Chelsea up until this last game. It was her, f- her first start since joining Chelsea. And Emma Hayes has been asked about it many times and a- about the way that she's had to be managed in terms of her fitness levels as well to get to the, the right peak uh, to come into this side. What did you think of that? Because when the move happened, I don't think anyone expected it to take this long for her to be integrated. Yeah, well, I mean, essentially she's still a kid, you know, and she seems experienced, but she's still inexperienced, which which seems ridiculous to say that. But, you know, she's been in and around first-team squads for a number of years now, starting off when she was 15 and training with Arsenal's first team. Uh, so she has got a lot of experience, but I think Emma's been very careful in managing that injury situation because she has had a number of injuries over the last few years. I think the the thing in Emma's favour is she's got such an abundance of talent that she never, ever had to rush her in. Whereas because she made such a difference for United when she played, I think there was always that temptation to try and get her back as quickly as possible. And and I think that's the thing that's, that's allowed Emma to take her time, is that Emma doesn't actually need her. She would like to have her, but she doesn't actually need her because she's got so so many other options. So that, that's maybe been the best thing for Lon James. Yeah, and she doesn't seem too frustrated with it either. Um, over to Chelsea's title rivals, Arsenal next, who produced a convincing win over Liverpool. Turns out that the top of the championship isn't any match for top of the WSL as these two were pitted to, against each other, uh, especially not when faced with absolute rockets from Katie McCabe and Caitlin Ford. A couple of brilliant goals in this one, if you missed it. An own goal from Rhiannon Roberts. Uh, there was a shot from captain Kim Little, which sealed a 4-0 away win at Prenton Park for the Gunners. McCabe 
how would you manage this player, Willie? Because clearly she's got so much ability on the ball and she makes such a difference for Arsenal. But you can see that passion spill over sometimes. Yeah, and actually I bumped into Katie the day after our, our last red card. Uh, we were both watching Aston Villa and West Ham. And yeah, she she put her hands up and said that she'd just been a little bit over-eager. But that's what makes her the player she is. And you've almost got to accept a little bit of that, that part of that, passion that gets her in trouble is also that same passion that makes her the player she is and and she's a very talented player and what a goal that was you know you (laughs) won't see a sweeter strike than that this season I don't think you don't need any better endorsement than that of Kelly Smith to you in that department. She tweeted that she thinks that it is the goal of the season she was on the show with you last week Kate she was and we've got a few interesting contenders now haven't we I was really really pleased um, for Kate and McCabe on that one. You know, good stuff in this game from Kim Little as well, Caitlin Ford. Both those players would have rested, of course, during the international period. Let's talk about Liverpool then. One shot on target in the entire game. I thought it was no shots, actually. I mean, division in class here. Matt Beard's at Liverpool. He's clearly doing a good a good job with them in the championship. But there will be a worry, will there, Willie? You can get into the psychology of this for me. After being defeated by Arsenal 4-0, will Liverpool just have to switch their focus back to the Championship, back to the job in hand and worry about next season when and, and of course, if it if it happens, which it's likely to? Or does this give them a little dent? You know, no matter how good we are in this league, we're not good enough to step up to the next one. I don't think it should affect the players. I think the players will go and see the job through in terms of winning the championship and getting it in WSL. I, I believe that Matt will have one eye already on next season. You know, I think the Kate Stengel signing in January was clear evidence of that, that he's already thinking about next season. But I, I believe that Liverpool have got a WSL squad. Now, at what end of the WSL, you know, that's that's up for debate. But I think they'd be good enough to stay in the WSL this season. And that first year up there is always about survival and it's about building from that and, that club certainly have the resource to to build as much as as much as they want. So I, I think uh, it'll be good to pit their wits against them. I don't think it will have a massive impact on their season. And uh, Matt will know exactly what he needs to do to strengthen next year. Well, to round up the other FA Cup results, two months after being saved from liquidation, Coventry United are through to the FA Cup quarterfinals for the first time ever after a 4-2 win over West Brom. And Ipswich Town is the lowest ranked team to make it into the quarterfinals. Their tier three rivals, Southampton FC women, put up a fight with an equaliser from goalkeeper Kayla Rendell in the last minute of extra time. But in the end, Ipswich went on to win 4-2 on penalties. I have to mention that as well, Willie, because I could not believe just the stature of the players for that penalty shootout. Ipswich, all teenagers, a couple of those players had come on for that penalty shootout. Is this all about just being young and fearless, as I think they were they were claiming that it might have been, or or are we missing something else in this? I think that's part of it. You know, I think any teenager getting a chance to, you know, make history thrives under that because they don't really know what failure looks like or feels like because they're so young. But I do think there's a little bit of planning in it. I think the I read somewhere that one of the players that came on was actually a normal starting striker and she had an injury which prevented her from playing much longer than that. I don't think they've got her on the park for long in normal circumstances. So I think that was planned. If it goes to penalties, she would always come on to take one because she's she's a prolific 
uh, striker for Ipswich. So there was a lot about planning. And fair play to them. They've done great because to lose a goal under those circumstances, they could have collapsed and penalty shoot out, but, but they showed a lot of uh, resilience and I love that we see all these random things happening in the women's game, like goalkeepers coming up and scoring headers like that. Millie Bright up front for England. There's just so, so many things that have happened in the last week. I, I thought I'd come back to a completely different universe uh, at first. It was like a time warp. Elsewhere, then West Ham edge Reading 1-0 in extra time, thanks to Dagny Brignard's de Tier. Struggling WSL sides Everton and Birmingham survived tests from championship opposition in Charlton and Durham. They both made it through. Whilst we've got you, Willie, because obviously you've been there, got the T-shirt at Everton. What do you think of the situation there? The fact that another manager has gone in your successor and they don't seem to be looking like they're going to appoint anyone permanently anytime soon. Tough period for the club just now. Uh, and I say club as in the whole club. You know, the, the men's team, I'm not having to look fast to find, find their problems either, so... Yeah, it's it's really really tough for them just now. Obviously, my old assistant Chris is interim manager, and you know, I'll suddenly want them to do well again because obviously, you know, it's a lot of my staff that's there. So, but yeah, did you, did just, you not for the for the last regime? Well, I think I think there's there's <laughs> that natural bitterness, I suppose. That <laughs> yeah, you want the players to we do We wouldn't well. blame you, really. We wouldn't no, blame you and, and 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 actually, what happened? What has happened at the club? since you left, arguably was entirely avoidable. I mean, they've gone even further back now. I, I, I still I am convinced we'd have met our objectives this year if if we'd been given that, that chance. Obviously, that, that was taken away from us. And the objective was to finish better than we did last year. Okay. So that would have been top four. Mm. And I think with the, you know, as I said earlier about Manchester United, you don't necessarily need to beat the top three this year to finish third because the Man City start to the season. And I believe we'd have been within touching distance at now because, you know, I'm sitting here having done nothing for four and a half months and I've still accumulated more than half their league points. So, you know, that's that's poor from, from the club. It's, it's, it's poor decision-making, poor planning. And each week was a case of wanting them to win because you brought those players in and your staff were there, but also wanting them to lose because you were frustrated and, and I suppose, angry about what happened. So it's, yeah, it's, it's horrible, actually, because you do want them to win each week, but you also want them to lose. And uh, it's still frustrating, but, yeah, everything happens for a reason and, and mm. I'll use that experience to to make myself better. But, yeah, they, they need to pick up another few points to ensure their safety, uh, because certainly that was not part of the plan, was to be in a relegation fight. And, and, and Chris has said that a number of times, that, that you know, the staff and the players all need to, you know, work hard together to ensure that they finish the season as strongly as possible. When you yeah. mention about finishing higher than the previous season, it's a really difficult one to, to speculate on at the minute, because of Manchester United's position in that race, Spurs, who've who've overperformed. You've got a few teams there that would be saying that they're in the hunt for this Champions League spot. And, and maybe that could have been Everton. We'll never get to know that. But the, there is going to be a team that finishes in either sixth or seventh spot that could have been in the race for third. And that changes the, the view on the season. Yeah, of course, from the outside, you know, and, and you, hope, you hope the owners see the bigger picture and decision makers see the bigger picture because there may be a matter of two or three points between third and seventh, third and sixth, you know, come the end of the season. 
But, you know, a sixth place finish might be deemed as disappointing. But when you see it's only one win off off a Champions League spot. So you hope you hope these decision makers see the bigger picture. Uh, fans are what fans are and they always want your team to finish as happy as possible and, and rightly so. But again, hopefully they see, you know, especially, you know, it only only takes for Spurs to lose a couple of games for them to suddenly slip down to fifth or sixth. And that would not be a true reflection of what Rianne's done this year. Mm. So I think they're a good example. You know, they may yet finish top three, but, you know, depending on the next couple of months ago, they could finish sixth and that might not be deemed good enough, but she's had a fantastic season with them. Well, let's return to the FA Cup then and where we are now with the quarterfinals. The draw's just been made. The games are played on the 20th of March and Everton play Manchester City. Ipswich Town are at home against West Ham. Arsenal host Coventry United and it's Chelsea versus Birmingham City. This is the Athletic Women's Football Podcast with Kate Borsay and Lindsay Hooper. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get a subscription now for just £1 a month for the next six months by heading to theathletic.com forward slash WSL pod. This is The Athletic Women's Football Podcast with me, Lindsay Hooper, Kate Borsay and Willie Kirk. Well, the huge and upsetting news this past week has, of course, been Russia waging war on Ukraine. Because of Russia's invasion further into Ukraine, FIFA and UEFA have suspended Russian football clubs and national teams. So we could see Russia banned from the women's Euros. It's not been confirmed yet. Uh, Russia were due to play all their games at Lee Sports Village. They were set to come up against Sweden, Switzerland and the Netherlands. And interestingly, Sweden's men's sides have already refused to play Russia in a potential World Cup playoff. So we know how Sweden feel about it. Uh, Switzerland have explicitly said that they won't play their fixture either. So even if Russia aren't banned from the Euros, there is, of course, the situation with what the other teams do to play them uh, feel about it as well. UEFA have said that it's going to be discussed and decided on by the UEFA Executive Committee at a later stage. I don't know what that means. Of course, it's all still up in the air. Uh, Russia women were, of course, runners-up at the Pinatar Cup last week. Willie, what do you make of this situation? You know, there are wide-scale sanctions on Russia, uh, not just financial sanctions, not just to do with trade and to do with business, but also to do with sport as well. And football's followed, probably a little bit later than most, into banning the Russian national team from competition. Yeah, I mean, purely from a sporting perspective, you know, I think that's all I'm qualified to talk about is, you know, it's just disappointing for the Russian players. You know, they've worked so hard to qualify for, which we're all hoping is going to be a really exciting and and competitive tournament this summer. So, you know, it's, it's a shame that these players are penalised for the actions of, of others in their country, but uh, I don't see any other course of action that UEFA and FIFA could have taken to be honest so it's uh, yeah it's just disappointing for the players and Willie with that in mind I know that it's not 100% confirmed but it looks like it's going to be that way do you think the beneficiaries of this could be Portugal I know that that Russia beat them didn't they but if you look further back in the in the history of the results going into this Euros they actually had the most wins otherwise so I think According to a lot of other journalists I've read, Chris Legg, what he said, the likelihood is they are the ones that could come into the, the Euros instead. Yeah, it looks it looks that way. I think uh, they would be the, the main beneficiaries of this. And obviously that would be fantastic for, for the Portugal players. And they weren't far away from qualifying themselves, so it would seem fitting. 
Well, there have been tributes to the people of Ukraine from various parts of the WSL. Ellen White at the weekend, I noticed, had a yellow tape around her blue captain's armband. And just a little word as well about Ukraine's women's coach, Louis Cortez, uh, who won the Champions League less than a year ago with Barcelona, has had to flee the country with his small children. Our thoughts to everyone affected by that crisis in Ukraine. You're listening to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Back in the UK, coming up this week, it's a chance for Man City or Chelsea to pick up the first silverware of the 2021-22 season, the Conti League Cup final. Defending champions Chelsea play three-time winners Man City on Saturday at AFC Wimbledon's ground, the new Plough Lane. The referee will be Lisa Benn. Uh, to look ahead to the big final, we've been speaking to two players at the heart of both sides. They've been lighting up WSL for some time. First up, it's Chelsea's Penilla Harder. Penilla, thanks for joining us. You're creating so well up front at the moment for Chelsea with goals and assists, you know, showcased again at the weekend in the FA Cup. Tell us what's clicking, what's working for you at the moment? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel good. I feel in good shape. I I feel I can do all the runs I have to do and I'm on the right spot then. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just feel uh, in a good flow. Um yeah, and then often then the, the things are working. This final at the weekend feel quite special to you, this League Cup, because you've had a big say in Chelsea getting there. We saw hat-trick in the quarterfinals, goal in the semis as well. Is it one of those, and do you have competitions that, that feel a bit more personal? <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, it has been, uh, I've been contributing good with goals in this tournament, Um but yeah, it's not always about goals. Uh, but yeah, obviously, I'm I'm happy that I've been able to help the team to to get to the final. But yeah, again, we we are eleven players on the pitch. I, I do the finishing, but a lot of a lot of the other players do a lot of work before that. And Penilla, tell us what the atmosphere is like amongst the team at the moment. A lot of players have come back from international duty. Obviously, you're through to the next round in the FA Cup. You've got this final. You've got your eyes on the WSL title still as well. What's really important when it comes to your team and how you're feeling and, and, and actually how you handle so much going on at this point in the season? Yeah, I think it's important we just keep the focus on one thing at the time. Um, and the good thing with this squad is that it's big. So we have a lot of good players and we even though we have a lot of games, we have we have players enough to 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 rotate, to to be able to be fresh to all the games. And I think that's really important to be able to yeah, hopefully get the title in each tournament we are in at the moment. Do you feel like this is a challenge between two opponents with Manchester City and Chelsea that right now are in the form of their their season? Yeah, I think yeah, City is also in a really good form, and yeah, we we haven't lost yet in 2022. Uh, we feel really good, so yeah, I agree that it's two teams with in a really good form. So yeah, I guess the the game on Saturday will be will be really good. What about key areas for you as a team as you've been working on? Which areas do you need to dominate in order to stay on top of this game? Yeah, we have to stay good and compact in defense. We know they have some good individuals up front. They, they play a good structured uh, game of football as a team. Uh, so we have to be stand good in defence, but also 
we need to be able to also keep the ball, have good possession and um, yeah, then create the chances we do. Do you view this trophy as a springboard to others? Does, does it help when you've, when you've got a bit of silverware already for you to then go on and get more? It's always good to get the first title in the season. Then you, then you have one com- completed, uh, if you can say it like this. But, um, but yeah, of course, it will give us a lot of good confidence uh, to win a title already on Saturday uh, to go into the competition in the yeah in the league and the FA Cup. LGBTQ plus History Month. You've been very outspoken about this. You said that you've set goals for yourselves, you and Magda, to learn more about the history of the community and educating yourselves so that you can challenge prejudices faced around the world with it. What sort of actions have you taken with that? Yeah, we we have something going on. Uh, I can't say exactly what it is yet because we haven't launched it yet, but we have something going on where we have been out speaking to to people to to educate ourselves, but also to be able to show it to our fans and hopefully they can be educated. So, do you get surprised by how much pickup you get when when you speak out on other matters that aren't football related? Because you you do get a lot of people that look to you both. Yeah, uh, we have learned that over the years that so many people look up look up to us uh, in especially in this topic. Um, so that's also why we want to give a lot back to them. We want to we want to help as many as possible and to make LGBTQ plus as what can you say like normal as possible. So it's not really a thing to to come out, but yeah, that everyone can be themselves. Mm, really important. We need to see as much coverage as possible, don't we? So it just becomes normal. I suppose maybe ultimately the aim is to not need any coverage at all because it is because it becomes completely normal. Yeah. Uh, but it's been really lovely to speak to you. Good luck thank for you. the final okay. at the weekend as well. Good luck to you and Chelsea. Penilla Harder, thank you. Thank you. That was us speaking to Chelsea's Penilla Harder. For the view from the Sky Blue camp, we also caught up with Man City's Ellen White. You come into this final off the back of two Manchester Derby wins, and personally for you as well with England, of course, the Lionesses won the Arnold Clark Cup. So in terms of timing, you must be rubbing your hands together right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's obviously great timing. You know, lots of games, which I love. Um, like you say, coming off the back of before the international break, obviously the Manchester Derby, going to the Arnold Clark, uh, Clark Cup with England and obviously winning that. Um and then, you know, getting through to the next round of the FA Cup. And yeah, it's exciting times for us. And, you know, at City, we want to be fighting for trophies. We want to be in finals. So, uh, yeah, we're really excited. Where do we go then on lessons learned since the 1-0 defeat in the league to Chelsea at the start of Feb? Players are back a little bit more following that. But where would you say you need to build on based on where you were then and where you might be at the weekend? Yeah, obviously we've we've got pretty much our whole squad available. You know, we've got a really competitive squad. We've got a lot of depth, which you could probably see actually, um, you know, at the weekend against Man United where we had some real game changers that came on for us, um, which is really positive for us. But yeah, obviously we've, we've looked over that Chelsea game. Uh, we've analysed it and, you know, we've worked really hard to, to try and right some wrongs and, and work on, again, 
kind of being clinical on our press and our build-up play. Um, I obviously don't want to divulge too much of, of what we're planning, but um, we've really kind of moved forward and progressed since we last played them, which, you know, it wasn't too long ago, but I feel like we have really got a lot of confidence and momentum in this team now to, to face Chelsea in this final. And um, obviously we're excited to obviously be facing Chelsea in a cup final, which has never happened before, which is strange. But yeah, we're excited and obviously... We know the quality that Chelsea have, um, the individuals that they have in their team. But I really believe in this team and the players that we have in the squad that we've got so much talent and uh, we'll be more than ready come Saturday. Ellen, we've spoken of you for such a long time. I mean, it's it's so many years ago now that Linz and I went out to the Canada World Cup and, and, and spoke to a lot of the Lionesses, yourself included. So much has changed, but also you know, you're still banging in the performances. You're 32 now. And I wonder how your preparations changed. How has the way that you manage your body changed? Yeah, that seems quite a long time ago, doesn't it, 2015? Uh, (laughs) Do you know what? Yeah, I've I've had to obviously change a little bit in the way that I, I think and obviously the way that I probably recover more more so than anything I've really looked into how can I gain those one percenters so yeah recovery is a key one for me um, so that I am available and able to train and able to perform at the highest level and for me it's all about performing in games Um, so everything I do is based around how I can best perform and and be at my best to help the team win really so yeah a lot of it does come for recovery nutrition um, you know a lot of it comes yeah from what you probably do for me, away from the field more so than anything. But obviously, you know, I I try and and work as hard as I can to develop my own game. But yeah, a lot of it is off the field and and those one percenters for me. Is there anything particularly off the field that you're doing? I mean, mean, are you doing stuff like sort of yoga? Are there any extra elements that you've had to build into your, um, into preserving your game, I suppose? Pilates, actually. I started that a good few years ago. I wish I'd started that earlier in my career, actually. So anyone actually listening to this, start Pilates or yoga because it's great for you. Um, so you get a lot more stretching, mobility, that type of thing. And then, yeah, I think it comes with experience as well. Less is actually more for me. I love, I love training. I love playing. I love going 100 miles an hour. But I've had to learn to be like, actually, I think, you know, if I don't do that, I think I'll be in a better shape to perform at the weekend or midweek it's hard because I really want to do it but I think that's really helped me uh, in the last few years you can hear that so much I mean we've loved watching you over the years Ellen I have to say there's a there's always this club versus country debate that's reared its head certainly in men's football I'm sure it's going to be something that we talk about in the women's game a lot more you're a bit of a conundrum actually because when it comes to the lionesses I would say looking as an outsider looking in, you're probably one of the first names on the team sheet for the Lionesses. You're very well relied upon in in that fold. And at club level, this season, I think we've seen more rotation. It might be about managing you a little bit when you talk about having all these extra activities around the game as well, uh, like Pilates and stuff like that, trying to keep at that 1% level of getting that extra percent out of yourself. But how, how do you explain it? Because for, for a fan coming to the game that maybe hasn't followed all of your career, they think, wow, she's playing all the time for England. And then it's not every single week that we're seeing you at City. Yeah, obviously, we've got a very competitive team at City. And obviously, you know, we've got players that are performing well as well. Um, and like you say, you know, we've had a chance to rotate the team as well because we have so much talent. We've had a lot of games. So you've got to manage people's loads at the same time. Uh, so for me, yeah, it's about being patient. And, you know, when I've got the chance, it's, it's about performing and doing whatever I can 
for the team. Um, you know, England, I, you know, I've said it so many times. I love playing for England. It's a dream for me. I feel a real privilege. So, you know, it's a real honor for me. But ultimately, I've just got to try and perform and do what I can at club and, and be the best player and person I can be at my club to, to hopefully then perform if and when I'm selected for, for England, really. You've got such an exciting few months coming ahead. It's not just what's happening at the weekend. It's the competition in the league. And then it's the Euros this summer as well, coming off the back of that Arnold Clark Cup win. So really exciting period for you. What does it mean for you personally, Ellen, if we get the first one out of the way of winning the Conti Cup trophy happens for City on the weekend? What would that personally mean for you? Yeah, I think it'll be amazing to, to obviously win a trophy at City, um, you know, I think it's it's always something that, you know, as a footballer, I want to win and I want to be in finals. I want to win things. I want to be in a team to, to share those memories together. So, um, yeah, winning is is what I want to do and what I want to achieve in my career because why play football if you don't want to win? But, you know, I think, yeah, we're, we're gearing around, you know, doing our very best, um, putting our best performance in um, at the weekend, really. Look, it's going to be a great tussle between two brilliant teams at the weekend and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Well, that was us speaking to Manchester City's Ellen White. Are you looking forward to this one, Willie? It's a tasty fixture, all right. How do you think it's going to play out? Yeah, I think it'll be a cracking game. It's it's pretty much the two forum teams of the WSL just now. You know, Man City are, are in, in tremendous form. And yeah, it could go all the way. It could be extra time and penalties for me. If I had to go one way, I'd probably just choose Chelsea just because they've got a group there probably a little bit more stable than Man City in terms of they've had less chopping and changing. They've had less changes due to injuries this season and, and they've probably got you know less new additions in the summer. So it's, it's a group that's used to winning things together and I think that might just edge it when it comes to, comes to Saturday. Well, City have the better record for the last 10 games in all competitions. City have won eight, drawn one, lost one. Chelsea have won six, drawn two, lost two. But like you say, that sort of form, it goes out the window when it comes to a final. And that final is at 5.15 on Saturday. Uh, You can get your tickets from the AFC Wimbledon website. £10 for adults, £2.50 for concessions. I know Kate will be banging the drum for that one. Yes, I will be, Lindsay. I can't get there myself, sadly, uh, with work. But I'd I'd encourage anyone close to go and take in uh, the meeting of two masterminds in the women's football game. It'll be brilliant. You can stream the biggest moments of the Women's Super League with now. And the WSL returns this Saturday lunchtime as Aston Villa host Brighton. Can the Midlands side close down their seaside rivals? Well, to find out, you can watch all the live Sky Sports action for $11.99 by grabbing a Now Sports Day membership. For more information, search Now Sports or visit nowtv.com. The WSL is also back this week. March is set to be a mammoth month full of midweek rearranged fixtures, uh, lots of action-packed weekends as well. Uh, No less than seven games available on now. I know that next week there are three games on Sky in a week. I know that it's going to be a busy one. I've already started all the prep ahead. Will Everton start to move away from the relegation zone when they play Aston Villa on Wednesday? That's one that we've got coming up. Uh, You've got top of the table, Arsenal. They're going to face Birmingham, the team that they lost to. And that was a shock result earlier on this season. That's this Sunday. Kate, what game have you chosen for your moments of the WSL to come this month with now? 
Well, I've chosen a, a fixture where I, I honestly can't call it based on form. And that's Reading, who play Manchester United at home on the 12th of March. Both Manchester United and Reading are top of the form table, actually, in the WSL at the moment, if you look at the last six games. I think it'll be a really interesting tie-up. United, two places above Reading currently in the WSL. That could change by the time we get to the 12th of March, of course, but there's only three points in it. I really am enjoying the race for Champions League football and Reading are still not out of it. So really interested to see how both teams match up for this one. When we had Rianne Skinner in the Sky Sports studio for that big game between Chelsea and Arsenal... I have to say that when you saw the fixtures coming up, it felt like Spurs could have a huge say in where the title goes. So I've chosen one of those matches, Chelsea against Spurs at Kings Meadow, the 23rd of March. Uh, do you think that Rianne Skinner, Willie, could have a say in where it goes? Yeah, I think so. You know, she she had a big say in terms of the amount of pressure that was building on Gareth Taylor earlier in the season, you know, when they beat them when they beat them at the at the city stadium. So yeah, I think Spurs have proven that they can mix it with the with the big teams this year, and and they could be pivotal to everybody else's title challenge. What would your standout fixture coming up in March be? I think I'm going to go for Manchester United versus Everton. It's at Old Trafford. It's the first game at Old Trafford in front of fans. They obviously mm-hmm. did it before. I think they played West Ham, and I'm sure the players love that day. But they'll love it even more if they can get a number of fans and it's going to be interesting to see what the appetite of the United fans is for that because they, they do have the chance to, to support support the women's team at Old Trafford so you know will they fill it? It's extremely doubtful that you'll get over 70,000 at a, a WSL game in a few weeks time but you know mm. they'll certainly be hoping for I think I think they'll be hoping to top 20,000 which would be which would be great for the for the players and for the league I guess it depends whether Manchester United release full allocation of tickets. Uh, let's wait and see. It's on the 27th of March and you're right, Willie, one to look forward to. Well, you can let us know whether you agree with some of those uh, forthcoming exciting games to look forward to or comment on anything else that we've said on the podcast today. You can get in touch with us via at The Athletic UK and also at Offside Rule Pod. That's all that we've got time for on this week's Athletic Women's Football Podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends all about us. You can rate, subscribe and leave a review. Willie, uh, what have you got coming up over the next week or so? I know you've also been doing some work with the under-18s for England. Anything on the horizon with them? Yeah, well, we've got a uh, planning for the next camp, which is at the, the beginning of April. So we've got a, a fixture camp, seven or eight day fixture camp coming up. So we're planning for that and I'll take in another couple of games and as I say, I've got that Liverpool Inter Milan game coming up that I need to attend for my pro <laughs> license, and then module two in the middle of the month. So yeah, it's it's, it's quite a busy time actually. So I'm looking forward to it. That all sounds great. Enjoy it, Willie, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you again soon. Lindsay, you and I will be back next week. We will see you then. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast is proudly partnered with Now. With a Now Sports membership, you can watch the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live. Find out more at nowtv.com. The Athletic.